Greetings and salutations, and welcome to the Trash Fire of Talk podcast with your host, Skits M. Jones. I am your host, Skits M. Jones. And, uh, huge news, y'all. Like, it has been just a wild fucking week for me. Um, last episode, I recorded Saturday morning. Uh, Saturday night, uh, I was brought on for my first uh, little guest spot uh, on, a, on a Saturday over at Comedy Shrine. Um, I did uh, 10 minutes as part of the Laughs Equals Love uh, event that, that they were running. Uh, it was a, a showcase of, of comics who fall under the LGBTQ, etc. umbrella. Um, I was super stoked and, and, and honored to be added as part of that. Um, the, the, the bill was fantastic. It was a great night. Um, and then from there, uh, the next development after that is I am now a, uh, a, uh, one of the producers for Game of Microphones, which is that Thursday show that I've been, uh, hosting recently at Comedy Shrine. Um, apparently the, the work that I'd been doing with hosting and helping run the meeting and, and keeping things going, Apparently, uh, I, I did well. And so, uh, uh, Alex and Waleed, who are, who are the producers of that show brought me on to be a a third, uh, to help, you know, share the burden, carry the weight, um, which is a little foreshadowing for something we'll be talking about at the end of the episode. Um, but yeah, brought me on as a, as a producer. So that's, uh, uh, my first official weekly work, uh, as, as a, a comic and someone involved in the, in the comedy scene. And that's, it's such, uh, uh, an honor for me, if I'm being totally honest, because, you know, Comedy Shrine is where I did my first open mic. Game of Microphones was the first showcase that I did. Um, it's the first showcase that I hosted. And now it's the first showcase that I'm a a producer on. And, that's wild to me and I am ever so grateful for it. Uh, it does lead me to, to reflect back a little bit and something that's been coming out in the, in the comedy scene lately is, uh, there is someone who was just so incredibly toxic in the scene and preys upon a lot of the, the newer comics as they come into the scene and this individual, you know, gets their, their talents in to the newer comics and, uh, brings them under their umbrella and kind of poisons them, uh, poisons the newer comic. And this happened to me against the rest of the scene, you know, uh, would, would tell a newer comic how everyone is horrible and everyone is bullies and everyone is so incredibly fake and not supportive and toxic and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And don't go to this mic or don't go to that mic or don't go to this showcase or don't go to that showcase. Um, you know, really trying to, uh, isolate a newer comic from everyone else in the scene and, uh, tell a a whole bunch of just, horrible ass shit. And I, I fell in 
to this person's trap. Um, and part of what happened is I was made to feel like the only reason I was getting any success or, or getting any traction or making any progress was because it was a ploy from all of these other people uh, to win me away uh, from this person, to, to poison me against this one person. Uh, and I wasn't really skilled or I wasn't really talented or I, I wasn't really doing well. It was all just because of, of their beef with this person and trying to uh, prevent this person from having friendships. And, you know, I, I unfortunately bought into a bit of it. You know, I really questioned my worth. I questioned my skill set. I questioned my, whether I was any good at this. And if everything was just people playing caddy games with each other, because I, you know, I, I come from, uh, the world of pro wrestling where there is so much catty high school bullshit and carny worker nonsense and a lot of especially in the past a lot of really heinous nonsense that's only of late really starting to change in the wrestling scene and even when I was brought into comedy I was kind of warned you know you're gonna love performing you're gonna hate the people is something I was told and thankfully to my experience, once I, I started opening my eyes and I started really talking to people and I started really getting to know the people on the scene, complete opposite was true. Like, it's been an incredibly supportive scene. Uh, a lot of people building up the newcomers and giving them room to grow and, you know, giving feedback when necessary and allowing space when necessary. And I've seen so many people grow so much as performers, as comics on the scene. Um, and so many people have been so very supportive of me. And again, you know, like Alex and Waleed giving me this this spot. Um, you know, uh, Tom Feline, who runs the open mic at Shrine, giving me the spot to host the open mic. Uh, Timmy and Amy Blaze and G-Spot uh, over at Mojo's giving me space to host uh, the mic over there, you know, I, I've shouted out all the cats from like, uh, Scott Galvin to Jamie Martin, all the, all, you know, Chris May, all the folks, uh, Alex Avant, um, all the folks in that region, you know, giving me space to do, uh, showcase spots. And, you know, so many people have, have given me so many opportunities and, and, and given me space and, uh, to know that I, came at so many people kind of sideways uh, for for a, the earlier part of, of comedy just because I was, I was suspect of so many people's motives and I was doubting myself so much because I was taking this one person's word um, as to what the, what the scene was like. And, you know, since then, uh, I've heard the stories of all the people who this happened to before me and I've seen it start to happen to people after me. And luckily it's no longer kind of this hushed thing. That's not talk about it's, it's come out in the open. Um, and this person is, is being kind of, uh, shut down. Um, and that's, it's, it's 
it's wild to me and it, it has me reflecting back on the past like year and few months, year and a half, whatever it's been at this point, uh, that I've been in the scene and, you know, I, I wish I had come into it more open from the beginning, um, because I, you know, I, I spent a lot of time when I started comedy just sitting in the back and keeping to myself and not talking to anybody. Because uh, I had it in my mind that if I got to know all these people, I'd hate everybody and shit like that. And I couldn't be more wrong. Um, or couldn't have been more wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that now, uh, you know, I've, I've really gotten to know people and, and stuff. And it's been, uh, you know, very beneficial to me the the fact that even when i was doubting myself and questioning uh people's motives and and being suspect there was always a part of me that was like yeah but none of this stuff was happening to me i'm taking someone at their word so let's keep an open mind and still check things out for myself and I, and the fact that i i was still even just a little bit open to to check things out for myself um you know, allowed me to kind of get out of that trap. But I really spent a while thinking I, I wasn't good uh, at this necessarily. And a lot of what I was being given wasn't a result of me being good. Like I, I knew I came in kind of hot. You know, I, I had a few really good sets right off the bat and got a lot of good feedback. And, you know, so I, I knew I came in pretty strong. Uh, but then, you know, someone got in my head and like I said, uh, made me doubt, you know, whether it was just flash in the pan beginner's luck or if, you know, yeah, I had a a good start for a newcomer, but I wasn't really good. And I, I'm still a newcomer, you know, like there are people who have been on the hustle five years or, or seven years or 10 years. And, and you hear that you don't really know who you are as a performer until you're, you know, eight, 10 years in something like that. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, so I'm still a newcomer. I recognize that. Like I am, uh, still freshman class, you know? Um, but to, to have put that limiter on myself because someone was getting in my head, telling me that I, I wasn't all that good. And it was, all because of this person that stuff was happening. Um, yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little embarrassed that I got caught up in that nonsense, but, uh, that shit has passed. And, you know, if there's, if there's someone who's, uh, if, if you're getting offers to do things and people are trying to tell you that it's not you, it's, it's something else, you know what? Take those fucking opportunities anyway. And, if you're good enough, you'll get more opportunities. And if, if you're not good, you'll get shut down. Like people will stop giving you opportunities and shit. And I'm excited now, now that I'm helping, uh, produce this show. Part of my job is going to open mics and going to, um, you know, different places and scouting and seeing how people are doing and seeing the, the new, uh, class that's, that's coming up on, uh, after me or, or, you know, checking out my peers, with the eye to put them on a show. And, you know, I am honored uh, to be able to now do for other people what was done for me in terms of giving me 
more stage time and, and giving me more experience and giving me the opportunity to perform in front of an audience uh, that came to see a comedy show as opposed to just the other comics who are also there just to do their, their five minutes or whatever. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited about that. So, uh, you know, thanks to, to, uh, you know, Alex and Waleed and, and thanks to the, the sinkers who own the comedy shrine for, for letting me have this opportunity. Um, thanks to, uh, uh, Penelope and, uh, and Jesse who helped me out during a, a few of the times I was hosting, you know, help, helping me, uh, whether it was running the booth or, um, you know, whatever, just, just helping me, uh, do the thing. You know, I'm, I'm very grateful for, for everyone, uh, who's just been supportive because there are so many people who have been so cool and I'm so grateful for that. And I'm excited and can't wait to, you know, learn, learn the ropes about producing and to be asked to be part of a show that has been running uh, for so long and has given me an opportunity uh, is so cool. You know, it's, I, uh, it's, yeah, it's just very cool. And I know part of it is just being consistent and showing up and being willing to do the work and being willing to promote. And, you know, sometimes that's what it is. You, you find what your value is and you, you put that out there and you show it. And if people need what you are capable of doing, that'll get you in the door, you know? So I'm stoked for this. I'm, uh, super excited. So this Thursday I will be, I'm not hosting this Thursday, but I will be there, uh, behind the scenes, you know, uh, learning the, the ropes of what, what needs to happen off the stage to make this show run. So, uh, yeah, every Thursday I'm going to be at Comedy Shrine, you know, from, from here out and let, you know, unless something pressing, you know, takes me away and you'll know if I'm not going to be there, I'll let you know. Um, but yeah, so come out Thursday just to support a great show that, uh, gives, you know, veteran comics and newer comics, uh, an equal platform to, you know, uh, go head to head and, 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 you know, it's, it's a competition show, which is a, a fun element to it, but really you're just getting a handful of comics coming out, just cranking out eight minutes of the, of their, their a game, you know, for the benefit of the crowd. It's such a cool show. Plus, you know, headliners and special guests and, and stuff like that outside of the competition. So yeah, you should, you should come out. Um, it's a blast. I have a blast and, uh, yeah. So that's, that's the news. I, I have my first official like comedy job. Um, aside from that, we've still got, uh, I've got Tonk House coming up on the 22nd, uh, which is a, a Saturday. Um, you can hit me up on any of the, the social medias for details on that, you know, uh, at Skits Jones, um, or skitsmjones at gmail.com, you know, hit, hit me up anywhere, uh, for, for the info on that. That's going to be wild, man. That that's going to be such a fun show. Um, you know, shout out to talking about supportive scenes. Uh, this cat Jay Garcia, just kicking off a DIY comedy scene that, uh, is, is doing great and is another platform for a lot of, uh, newer comics and some, you know, some, some more, uh, veteran comics and folks who are just, just crushing it 
in a in a different kind of scene. Um, it's so cool. Uh, I love how supportive it is. Um, you know, especially I I I was really afraid when I quit wrestling that I wasn't gonna have shit to do. You know, I wasn't gonna have shit to promote. I wasn't, you know, the I was used to having guaranteed at least once a month a big thing that I could be like, this is going to happen. Come see me do it. Um, you know, I'd, I'd know I'd have the spot at the merch table. I'd know I'd get paid. Well, hopefully I would get paid. That's all right. Little bit of tea. That's another one of the reasons why I quit wrestling. Um, motherfuckers not paying people. And, you know, you get caught up in your, you become friends with a lot of the people you work with in wrestling, you know, cause you spend time with each other in locker rooms and you get to know each other and you get to kibitz and chit chat and all that. And, you know, so when a, when a cat who's booking a show has a rough patch and they're like, Hey, um, you know, give me a couple of weeks and I'll get you, you know, I'll, I'll Venmo you, I'll PayPal you, I'll, I'll whatever, you know, I'll, I'll get you though. Just you know, or I'll get you at the next show. And you give people a little leeway because you're like, yeah, this is a friend of mine. I'm going to trust them. They're going to take care of me because I've been taking care of them. You know, because you show up at the show and you do your job, you know. And for me, I was I was doing the most. Like, I was helping run the front of house, you know, making sure everyone had merch space and making sure the sound booth was good and making sure, you know, the the time frame between the bands playing and the wrestling starting and, you know, helping get the, the matches over and doing the, the, you know, commentary and, and not that the matches needed help getting over like people, uh, you know, all, all the performers do the most, but part of my job was hype it up even more, you know, and sell the stories. Cause if the crowd doesn't know the story, you know, if they weren't there at the previous show, I need to let them know what they missed, you know, shit like that. So I was doing the fucking most, you know, hustling and promoting like mad and, you know, being the face out in the crowd, interacting with people during the show, during intermission, before the show, you know, just really busting my ass. And, the, the pay stopped coming. And that's part of why I am not in wrestling anymore. Cause I was like, what, you know, I wasn't being taken care of and you've got to know your worth and you've got to know your value. And, you know, I realized I just had a whole big thing talking about, I was doubting my value with comedy and, you know, comedy was new. I couldn't, I couldn't really tell, you know, I, I couldn't really read whether I was, I was doing it. I got, I got snowed a little bit, but like, with the with the wrestling gig, the MC gig, the hosting gig, I knew what the fuck I was about. I knew what I was doing. I knew my role. And, you know, so to not feel like I was being valued for it uh, pissed me off a little bit. Like, I'm, I'm still pissed, if I'm being honest. You know, there's still money that's owed to me. And I've been told there's money that's owed to a lot of fucking people. And that's part of why I haven't gotten paid is they're just trying to pay everybody, you know, while still having money to, you know, go to the movies or do fucking whatever. And I'm not saying nobody gets to live their life, but motherfucker, you got obligations. Take care of people. You ain't got to see Godzilla. Wait for DVD or streaming. I heard it wasn't very good anyway. Pay a motherfucker. 
Um, not that it's all about money, but if, if you say you're going to pay somebody and then you don't pay somebody, that's some bullshit. Um, so there's a little bit of tea for you for those who care. Um, that's, that's another reason I left wrestling because I was sick and tired of that bullshit. And that's not a, that's not a wrestling wide thing, but I have been part of promotions that did not value my shit or did not want to pay me, or did not think I was worth it, um, and I'm, I'm not about that shit, you know, I, especially, you know, know your worth, that's what it comes down to, know your worth, and if motherfuckers start jerking you around, uh, cut bait, move on to the next thing, you know, and that's, so valuable for me because I quit wrestling and then boom, this new opportunity falls in my lap to, to, you know, help produce a show. So, you know, you can't let fear of not having a thing keep you in a thing you don't want to have. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, I've, I've, I've spilled a lot of tea without naming any names. I, I feel like I'm trying to skate a line of like saying what's what without necessarily digging holes. You know what I mean? Um, that's a, that's a, 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 a fine line to walk. Uh, hopefully I'm, I'm doing all right. I don't know. Anyone who knows anything about anything knows what the fuck I'm talking about or who I'm talking about or whatever, but you know, fucking whatever. Pay me my hundred dollars. I still have access to your fucking Facebook account. <laughs> for the for the business, not the personal, nothing. And I ain't doing anything with it, but I'm sick of getting alerts about a product I ain't even fucking part of anymore. Pay me my money. And then get me out of that shit. Um <laughs> God damn. Alright. Um let's move on. Let's move on from this. Uh next thing up. Uh, I guess we'll kick into recommendations. Let's do that. Um, actually, you know what? Before I do that, uh, one last little PSA. After I'm done recording this, um, I'm going to get dressed, get myself together, and then I'm off to therapy, y'all. Uh, and I, I am one of the few ways that I am lucky, you know, being a, a, a quote-unquote disabled vet or, a, a, you know, that... Cause I, I get a, I get a compensation and pension through the military, you know, due to the, the, the brain trauma and the fact that a lot of my shit's all fucked. Uh, <laughs> that's the medical term. My shit's all fucked. Um, but I, I get some of my medical covered. And one of the things I get covered is, is mental health shit. And you got to take care of your, your fucking mental health. You know, especially my performers out there. Like, we are so in our fucking heads all the time because you have to be as an artist or as a performer, as an entertainer, you know, especially if if what you do requires you to mine your own experience, your own life, your own mind, your own worldview for the purposes of entertainment, whether you're writing poetry or you're writing books or you're you're writing jokes or you're writing song lyrics or whatever, if you are having to pull from your internal shit constantly to create your art, um, there can be a, a lot of ripple 
of of shit that gets dug up that just sits in your head. You know, you just get in your head, and especially as a performer, uh, you know, uh, as as an art form, you know, if you are in front of an audience, you're in your head because you are you are trying to get people to be down with what you're doing, you know, whether it's you're trying to make them laugh, you're trying to make them cry, or you're trying to make them feel something, or you just want them to like you. Like, there's so much thought that goes into that. And therapy is, is important. I think everybody needs therapy. I think everybody needs an unbiased opinion that, that you can go to and run your shit by and just hear the unvarnished, yeah, okay, so here's what the deal or, or, uh, even just, you know, reflect back, like, all right, you just said all this shit. Now, what do you feel about that shit? What do you think about that shit? What does that shit mean? You just word dumped a whole bunch of nonsense. Now put that shit together, you know? Um, so I'm grateful that I, I get to do that. I get, I get to have therapy and I don't have to pay out the ass to do it. Um, it's wild to me that we don't respect mental health in this country, especially, you know, this culture requires us to run ourselves into the fucking ground. A little foreshadowing for something we're going to talk about soon. Um, I keep foreshadowing this thing. You know what it's going to be. If you listen to, to the podcast, you know what the format is. You know what's coming. Um, but yeah, like, check your mental health. Check your shit. Like, know what your, what your disorders are, you know, know what your issues are, you know, it's, it's important because if we don't, you know, physical health, we know if some shit's broke, it's obvious, you know, but mental health, you don't always know your shit's broke until it's too late. And then you're getting thrown into inpatient psych. Not that I've ever had that experience or anything. We'll talk about that on a podcast. I'm sure we'll get there. Um, I did some time at a VA inpatient health facility. That's a, not the brightest spot in my life, but yeah. Um, keep an eye on yourself and keep an eye on your people, you know, especially my performers reach out to your other performers or, or other people. I had a, I had a great conversation with yesterday, uh, a great conversation yesterday with someone who was, you know, going through some internal shit and some feelings of of alienation and outsiderness and and shit like that and trying to find their place and shit and it's tough it can be very tough to find your place you know and like i said you know i i'm only now finding my place like in the comedy scene you know i thought i didn't belong there because everyone was going to be heinous and shit and so I, I went side-eyed at a, at a whole bunch of shit for a while there. And yeah, just check, check your mind once in a while. Check, check your shit out and see where you're at. And check on your friends and check on your people. And all right, PSA done. Here we go. Recommendations. Next segment. Um... Pose season two TV recommendation. Season two kicked off last night. Uh, I had that shit on DVR for once I got home from comedy and karaoke last night. And uh, right off the bat, off to a great start, you know, kicking off in 1990, um, you know, AIDS crisis still running hot. Uh, 
Madonna's Vogue had just dropped. And, you know, uh, on one hand, maybe shined a light on ballroom culture. But on the other hand, maybe just kind of stole it and, and took it for Madonna and for the mainstream but didn't really uplift the people it was taken from. And that's a that's a common theme. You know, marginalized communities and minority communities get their shit taken uh, by white folk uh, all the time and brought to the mainstream. You know, Elvis did it. The Stones did it. The Beatles did it. Madonna did it. You know, you could even argue to an extent Gaga did it. Um and people continue to do it to this day. And, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's wild how that works out. Um, but, uh, the, the season's off to a great start. It, if you've been watching, you know, the cast is fantastic. The chemistry is great. It, it has this excellent, the show has an excellent balance of humor and optimism, uh, while highlighting one of the most difficult, ugly periods of American history where we just allowed so many people to die because they were undesirable to the mainstream, you know? Um, I I remember growing up in the MTV generation and, you know, when Real World came out and, and, uh, 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 Pedro was one of the first openly out, uh, HIV positive people that, that ever was shown in my life. And, and I recall, uh, when that cat died, uh, of, of AIDS and, you know, how that was such a weird moment culturally, uh, you know, because MTV was everything then there, there was no, you know, internet like we know it now. There was no YouTube. There was no none of that. MTV was the cultural zeitgeist. And to watch someone fall ill and die um, in, in real time was just wild, you know? And... I, I recall Madonna in the heyday and all the controversies around Madonna. Um, but I didn't know shit about ballroom. That's what's wild. Like all these little things where it kind of was brought into the mainstream in a certain way, but you still never really got the experience um, firsthand from the people living it. Like I didn't see Paris is burning or any shit like that until, you know, uh, a year or so ago, I didn't even know it existed. And that, you know, that that was such a blind spot for me um, has has been wild, especially as I'm I'm, you know, more openly and honestly in recent years living my own experience as someone who, you know, is 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 outside of the gender binary and doesn't identify with the the gender I was assigned it at at birth and you know is is more uh queer in terms of my sexual orientation than I 
acknowledged for a lot of my life, you know, because I, I was a, an athlete in high school. I was also a theater kid. So, I mean, you know, whatever, whatever. Um, but like I was an athlete and then I was in the military and then I was in motorcycle repair school and, you know, all these hyper masculine environments um, where I really was playing the role of being hyper-masculine and shit like that. And, you know, if, if I could go back and, and do a lot of it again, I wouldn't have beaten down so much a, a part of myself that has been so beneficial to embrace. I, I've been able to find more success and live more authentically and have more authentic relationships with people since I stopped beating down this this part of myself that is queer and more femme and you know I I I still have environments where I have to play a a a, a role of being you know specifically masculine um, whether it's, it's work or, you know, certain environments I go into, um, where I, where I have to hide certain parts of myself or, or downplay them or whatever. And I recognize the, the ridiculous amount of privilege that comes with that. Um, you know, the fact that I can just wear jeans and a, a, a t-shirt or flannel and work boots and with my voice and my size and my appearance, um, I can take up more space, uh, which is not something that everyone gets to do. And I, I, I know the privilege in that. And um, it's, it's a blessing in a lot of ways that I have that, but it's, it's, it's difficult because it's all the things that I hate most about myself. You know what I mean? Um, but that, that's, I'm, I'm getting away from the recommendations. The recommendation is watch this fucking show. It's so good. Um, and it's, it's, it's interesting how they're kind of commenting on how, uh, straight culture, uh, will take, you know, straight white culture will take from marginalized communities and take their, their expression of self and commodify it. And, uh, you know, Madonna's Vogue is an example of that. But I also, in my recommendations, want to highlight uh, something Madonna did recently, which is uh, drop the video uh, for Dark Ballet off the upcoming album, Madam X. And the video casts one of my favorite performers, uh, Mickey Blanco, uh, as Joan of Arc. Um, Madonna's not in the video for this song. The focus is purely on Mickey Blanco, who is a, uh, a queer, uh, black man living with, uh, HIV and to put the focus on this performer specifically, um, is a, a righteous step in, uh, a career that, you know, looking at Vogue could have been accused of taking from other cultures 
without paying uh, the proper respects to the culture that that things were taken from uh, and now giving the spotlight to a queer black man uh, who who fucks with gender considerably uh, in their art um, and that's such a, a huge thing um, so check out that video uh, it's 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 a dark video. It's, um, you know, I, I have shown it to a few people and a few people were, were not able to, to watch it because the, the Joan of Arc narrative is, uh, is difficult, you know, because Joan of Arc, a, a teenage girl who led a battle and was so successful, uh, that she was then persecuted as, a witch or a betrayer of, of gender or as, as something unnatural and, and, and killed over it. Um, you know, especially in a time the Vatican just came out saying that trans people are an affront to nature and trying to undo the natural order of things and shit like that. So such an important narrative, um, to, to look at and to address and, you know, uh, throughout her career, Madonna's never been afraid to take on the Catholic Church, and uh, here's another here's another example of it. Um, and again, anything that puts a spotlight on Mickey Blanco, I think, is is outstanding because truly one of my favorite performers. I've seen him a few times in different settings, uh, and you know, so so great. I'm I'm still waiting for that that new album to drop. I I hope it comes out soon. Um, and Madonna's album, the new album does come out, uh, I believe this week, I, I think, I think this Friday. So check that out. Those are my recommendations. And now, uh, I've foreshadowed a few times through the episode. Let's get to your tarot read. Uh, today's tarot card I'm pulling, uh, um, from the illest tarot deck once again, and the card that I pulled is the Ten of Wands. And the Ten of Wands is a card that is about being overburdened and taking on too much. And the message of this card is to share the load. You know, it's not it's not a bad thing to have too much going on. Like, that's honestly can be a blessing for a lot of people to have so much uh, success sometimes that you just have too much to do, you know, things are going too well. And now you have to juggle a number of responsibilities or whatever it is. And you need to assess how you're carrying the weight and can it be divvied up? Can you share it? Can you split it? Um, you know, or do you need to set some things down while carrying some other things and then come back to the things you need to make trips, you know, do you, are, are you able to load all the bags of, of groceries onto both arms and walk your way up that sidewalk to your front door? Or, uh, do you need to make two trips? You know, and sometimes we just need to acknowledge that it's too much to handle and we need to take two trips or we need someone else to help us out. And there is nothing fucking wrong with that, you know, and if, if we're taking on too much, it can be incredibly poisonous and incredibly detrimental to our mental health and our physical health. And, 
you know, I, I had a, a rough moment, uh, at, at work, uh, during the day job last week, you know, I, I felt like too much was being put upon me and I stressed the fuck out over it and it wrecked me physically and emotionally I was not good. And, you know, taking a moment to look at, all right, what are all the things I'm doing? What are the things that require my attention? What are the things that I need to let go? And, and looking at that, and that's what you need to do in your life. Look at what the load is that you're carrying and how can you carry it smarter? How can you move things the way they need to go without destroying yourself doing it? You know, that's what I want you to think about, uh, from, from this episode, you know, think about the 10 of wands, think about how much weight you're carrying and, you know, who are the people in your life who will share the load with you? Reach out to those people, have your community. And, you know, a, a lot of people have more community than they think they do. And community is so important. You know, like I said earlier, checking on your people, making sure your people are good. Or if you're not good, reach out, you know, find somebody you trust, find somebody you care about and be like, look, I can I drop a little weight on you. Can you help me carry this load? Always, you know, always check with people because everyone's got their shit they're carrying. And a lot of people will want to take on the world and want to take on the weight of their life and their friends' lives and their loved ones' lives. And, you know, so you, you do have to check to make sure before you unburden yourself on someone else that they're not already overburdened, you know. But hopefully we all have enough people in our lives that we can, we can share the load. And look, if you're listening to this, if you're, if you're one of my people who is supporting me by listening to this, if you have a load that you're carrying, reach out, hit me up. If I am able to be of help, if I am able to be of assistance, I will fucking be there for you. You know, or if I have resources that I can direct you to, you know, I did a lot of time in nonprofit. It's what I studied in college. I have a lot of connections. I have a friend who just moved to a new city and I know some people out in that city because I used to live there some years back. So I've been like, oh, hit up this person or go to this place or check this out. You know, like that's what it's about. That's the human connection element. We all have the burdens we have to carry, but ideally we can all share that weight and make everybody's life easier to, to deal with, you know? And if someone's struggling, if someone's stressing out, if someone's being rough, know that maybe they're overburdened. Maybe that's why they are freaking the fuck out and be patient and be caring and compassionate and help out with that when you can. Again, without overburdening yourself, you know, so take care of yourself, take care of each other. That's all I got for today. It's a longer one today, but I hope you enjoyed it. Um, you know, all my love to all of you. Like I said, let's all take care of each other. Let's all lift each other up. You know, there, there's so much room in the world for all of us. And, uh, as always, let's keep that trash fire burning.